0: Our Old Testament reading this day from the prophet Isaiah in the 65th chapter. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that was not called by my name. I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices. A people who provoke me to my face continually sacrificing in gardens and making offerings on bricks, who sit in tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat pigs' flesh and broth of tainted meat is in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their lap both your iniquities and your father's iniquities together, says the Lord, because they made offerings on the mountains and insulted me on the hills. I will measure into their lap payment for their former deeds. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster and they say, Do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. So I will do for my servant's sake and not destroy them all. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and from Judah, possessors of my mountains. My chosen shall possess it, and my servants shall dwell there. This is the word of the Lord. Our New Testament reading from the letter to the Galatians, starting in the third chapter. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor the gospel. From Luke's Gospel in the 8th chapter. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me? Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. And when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country, Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned, and the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them, but Jesus sent him away, saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, there are so many times that we come to you with dirty hands and dirty hearts, and we thank you, Lord, for the washing that you have given us in our baptism, that is active every day as you continue to cleanse us in Christ's blood, in the forgiveness that he has won for us, and the righteousness that you hand over to us as a free gift. We pray, Lord, that you also work by your Spirit at this time, that you remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us rest in the promises of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. During high school I had a fun group of friends, and these were mostly the church guys, but not all church guys. A you know, senior high group from a couple of different high schools, and we put aside our rivalries of the high schools, and we would still go to church together because that's what you do when you're in senior high, right? You don't fight about which school you're at. You go and enjoy time together at church, and we would enjoy time together at youth group. But then on Sundays, After church, more often than not, we'd gather together with a few other guys and play a pickup game of football. Now, I didn't play football for high school. Some of the other guys did or had, and we would have a blast on a Sunday afternoon after we had gotten lunch, go hang out at the practice field at Buena High School in Ventura and have a lot of fun playing football. And it was full tackle football. We didn't have flags or anything like that. And As anybody who has ever played pickup football knows, the game is a lot more fun when it's rained the day before. Because when it's rained the day before, the ground's a little softer, it's a little wetter, it's a little muddier, it's a little messier, and you can take big hits and hit the ground and it's just a blast. Except for when you're done, things are a little dirty. I mean, from hitting the ground so many times and from running around through the puddles and sloshing everything everywhere, your shorts and your shirt and your socks and the insides of your shoes and everything is caked with mud. And so by the time you're done, you're tired, you're dirty, maybe a little bloody, and just having a blast of a day, except you know you're dirty and you probably shouldn't get in the car to drive home, so... A dilemma ensues. And for us, uh, quite thankfully, it was a pretty good high school. And not far away from the practice field was the pool. Now on a Sunday, the gates to the pool are locked, but, you know, it wasn't covered. So we figured there was still an invitation for us to climb the gates, scale the wall, and clean up, jump in the pool because I wasn't going to let my friends hop in my car as muddy as we were, and they weren't going to let me hop in their car as muddy as we were. But to get cleaned up in that pool, man, that felt good. We probably weren't supposed to. We left clean. The pool didn't, by any means. But it had a filter. We figured it'd be fine. It was a big pool. We never got caught, necessarily, or even talked to. And though we were clean on the outside, you walk away from something like that, maybe still with a little tinge of guilt, knowing that you did something you probably weren't supposed to. But getting cleaned up feels good. And you all know that. And you know how that feels, whether it's just cleaning up a room of the house, whether it's cleaning up a car, whether it's cleaning up after a day of gardening or working out or flying in countries that none of us have ever been to. It feels good. To get home and get clean and I would imagine for this man in Luke's gospel possessed by demons it probably felt pretty good to be clean now it's a different kind of clean and I need you to put your mind in the mindset of the disciples for a second I mean, they had just come from their side of the tracks, right? And the Jewish side of town on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, up on the northern, kind of western side. And they had just spent the night on a boat traversing the sea against waves and wind and storm and everything that was fighting against them until they finally called upon Jesus to calm things. And as Jesus stepped out into the middle of things, and he said, Peace, be still. And the storm ceased. And it raised a question in the disciples' minds Who is this guy that even the wind and the seas obey him? And now, as morning came, and they get down onto the Decapolis side, the Roman side, the pagan side of things where there was no good Jewish synagogue to go to and no rabbis. No, there were pagan temples and there were herds of pigs and there were lots of things going on that, that were very unclean in the mind of the disciples. And there was no reason that they should really be over there other than the fact that the storm blew them that way and Jesus led them there. So as they get off the boat, as soon as they hit land, a man is charging at them. This isn't just a peaceful confrontation where a guy is slowly walking up and asking for help. No, this is a spiritually uh, controlled man. Demons that have possessed him and are running him at Jesus and saying, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Leave me alone. Stop tormenting me. Because Jesus had been telling the demons to get out of the man. I mean, imagine that from the disciples' perspective for just a second as you hit this ritually filthy land where pigs are and tombs are and a demon-possessed naked guy running at Jesus, their rabbi. You can imagine the fright they had in that moment. But standing behind Jesus, they just watched. They watched as Jesus stood his ground firm and simply told the demons to leave. And then ask them what their name is. And I love that part. Just What's your name? Let me get to know you before I cast you out. Right? Now, this guy, it wasn't just one demon. It was lots of demons. It was lots of things that had taken control of him. And it most likely didn't start that way. It most likely started with just, you know, maybe trying to reach out to the spiritual realm and make some sort of spiritual connection and be the priest of the area as they would worship different gods and worship different things in this pagan area. And then over time, one by one, got a little deeper and a little further away from reality and a little bit more out of control. And as things started to control him and he lost control of all of his own things, they could no longer bind him. They could no longer have the strength to hold on to him. They had to kick him out of home, kick him out of town, kick him out into the cities and the demons would drive him out into the tombs and walk around and stay where the dead people were because that's where demons would take him to the places of death and darkness and sadness. A place not meant for the living. So you can imagine what a, weighed upon this man. And wondering if there had ever been little moments of right-mindedness or right-thinking, wishing, wondering that he hadn't got into all of it yet. This is where he was now, in and amongst the tombs. And as Jesus stands there and casts the demons out into the pigs, they rush down into the sea. There's folks that saw what happened. There's folks that saw him get cleaned up. There's folks that saw him get clothed to sit peacefully once again. To sit at the feet of a man that had more power than anything that they had seen at all. I mean, they couldn't control this guy, yet with a word, Jesus puts him in his right mind. Clothes him, gives him peace, makes him whole to the point where the guy could finally rest. Cleaned up, straightened up made right again. All of the things of the land that were unclean, Jesus took upon himself. All of the things that made the place ritually dirty, Jesus stepped into all of them to take them upon himself so that this one lost lamb, this one guy who wasn't a child of Abraham who wasn't anyone one of one of the Israelites, but this one that Jesus loved, a very man of his own creation, he wanted back. And so he cleaned him, cleaned him all up, head to toe, to the point where everyone that knew this man was now afraid. Afraid because they saw Jesus at work and they didn't know what to think of him. They even asked him to leave. They said, get out of here. You are shaking things up. Not only did you get rid of our livestock and all the things that we would take to uh, worship our pagan gods, but now you also have power in a way that we don't know what else you're going to do. So get out of here. We don't know what to do with you. Yet the man, the man just wanted to stay with him. Not too far off from where you're at. I mean, think about it. Born in sin, needing to be cleaned up, beautiful looking child on the outside or maybe come to the waters later as an adult and all the things weighing upon your heart and your mind that you know have made you dirty before God, wondering how those things on the inside could be clean because you've tried so hard on the outside to make everything look good, but knowing that there's something that separates you from God. That sin that indwells in us can only be washed away by Christ, by His Word and His promises. And when those waters of baptism flow over you, that Word of promise also is washed over you so that you are wrapped up in God's Word, made clean, right-minded once again to sit at the feet of Jesus. And that's where we want to be. I mean, you gather around here to hear that same Word Preach to you so that you would know that you are forgiven, so that you would know that God has washed you clean. He has made you his own and cleaned you up for the wedding party of the feast of the Lamb in eternity. You are his by his doing and his work. And all we ever want to do is just sit at the feet of Jesus. And rightly so. I mean, how nice would it be to have every single day, like the hour that you spend here, being able to just receive from God at every moment? Yet, Jesus didn't let that guy just hop on the boat with him. Now, it looks from the outside like Jesus left him. Left him on his own as the one Christian, the one God-fearing man left in the town When everybody else believed in other gods and that Jesus just walked away from him. That's not quite it. You see, he said, go. Go back to your family. Go back to the places I have restored you to. You can go back into the community. You can go back into be with your loved ones. You can go back into everything that you knew before except one thing. Tell them about everything that God has done for you. Jesus left him with his word. Jesus left him in his right mind. Jesus left him with his promises that he was still stronger than anything that guy would come up against. And no matter what came into that man's life, Christ's word would remain. His work would continue. And that he would not be caught up again in all of those demons, but would be one forgiven by Jesus. And that's exactly what the guy did. Ran into town and told everybody about what Jesus had done for him. Same thing that God has done for you in Jesus. He has washed you. He has made you clean. Now, if we follow the three Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see this event happen in all of them. And in Mark's Gospel, it's pretty Amazing that just a little while later in the gospel, Jesus and the disciples find themselves down in the same area once again. After having fed the 5,000, they spend another night on the sea and they end up in the Decapolis region once again. But instead of meeting a man possessed by demons, they're met by 4,000 people that want to hear more from Jesus. They're met by a flock of folks who need to be fed with the word. They had heard of what Jesus had done for this one guy and now they had rushed the hillside, not telling Jesus to go away because they were afraid of him, but wanting more from him, wanting to hear his word for themselves so that they would know of his love and his work for them. And as he fed them, they had life. They were given what they need. And Jesus has cleaned you and fed you. You are his, washed up, not in a bad way, but cleaned up, <laughs> made his very own, his own child, baptized in his word. And though there, there are times where it feels like he walks away and leaves you in the dark and leaves you in places that are hard to handle, his word for you remains. And the work that he has done in your baptism remains so when those sins crop up and rear their ugly heads and satan tends to lift those things up in front of us you can own them and say you're right those are exactly what have been washed away by the blood of christ it's in him that we are clean in his name amen would you pray with me dear heavenly father we thank you for the work that you have done in our lives to call us your own children to wash us in the blood of Christ's righteousness and make us clean. We don't deserve it, yet you do it. We thank you, Lord, for the work that you continue to do as you continue to gather us together around your word, your promises, your grace and mercy for us shown in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.